0: Hello there and welcome back in to the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. My name is Sam and I am super excited about this interview. I know if you right now are struggling with the fear of rejection, oh did I? actually just say that? Yes, I did. If you are struggling with the fear of rejection, if you hate hearing that N word and you want to hear more yeses in your business, then you are going to need to listen to this episode. I am so blessed and privileged to be joined in this episode by the beautiful Andrea Waltz, who is not only co-author Of the best selling book, Go for No. She's also a keynote speaker speaking all over the globe on this topic. And in addition to that, she is co founder of the Courage Crafters. And she's going to be joining me in this episode to speak to you about how to get from where you are to where you want to be in your business by changing your expectations just a little bit. I know that this episode is not only going to be inspiring, but man, is it going to take some weight off your shoulders if you are so fearful of that N word that you're actually paralyzing your business and not moving forward. So I am so privileged to introduce you to Andrea and uh, listen in, enjoy this episode. And no matter what you do, if there's anything that you do off the back of this, take some action. This is going to be a really powerful one. I know for those of you that are the go-getters that want to take your business from where you are to where you want to be. So tune on in and enjoy. Hey there everybody and welcome back into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. My name is Sam and I am super excited to be joined today by the beautiful Andrea Waltz. Welcome on in Andrea.
1: Hey Sam, so good to be (laughs) with you.
0: I'm really excited about this chat today and I can't wait for you to share some of your amazing knowledge with our listeners. But to give you a really quick little introduction, and I know you're going to tell everybody a bit more about who Andrea is and your background, you are co-founder of The Courage Crafters and co-author of, and I just happen to have a couple of them sitting here, the Go for No books, a best-selling book, which I'm sure you'll tell us a little bit about and the history of. What I love about this is I've, I've got the Go for No book, which everyone's going to learn about on our call today. But you've actually got a second version of this book, which is specific to network marketers, which I think is absolutely awesome. Do, so do you want to tell us a little bit about you, your book, your history, your background? Let us know a little bit about who Andrew is.
1: Yes, so thanks. So I've been teaching people to change how they think and feel about the word "no." This "go for no" philosophy strategy, if you will, for gosh, over twenty years now. <laughs> we wrote and self-published the first book, "The Go for No," the original, back in two thousand, and uh, it had kind of a wild journey. It took ten years for that book to finally hit number one on the Amazon sales and selling bestseller list. And in the meantime, uh, we worked with all different companies. Uh, We have really specialized over the years doing training for direct sales uh, in the area of helping people overcome fears of failure and rejection. But it's obviously, it's a universal topic. But we find that direct sellers need this information so much. So finally, uh, in 2017, we approached a gentleman named Ray Higdon, who had used go for no very successfully to become the number one income earner in his organization. And he just applied it. And he he did so well and ended up starting his own training and consulting company works Mm. with direct sellers, people in network marketing. So Mm. we approached him and we said, Hey, Ray, do this book with us, let's do a special version just with the, with the, um, you know, issues that network marketers face and the objections that come up for them. So we're we were very excited to do that book. And it's done very, very well over the years. But Sam, I got a bachelor of science degree in criminal justice. That was where <laughs> I started my my, that's what I wanted to do as a career, which is crazy because I did nothing with it absolutely nothing with my degree.
0: This is what you did coming out of school, you've gone into university, you've got this great big dream of going into criminal justice, law and Right? And and they
1: come changed? out and and there's there's no jobs. There's no I wanted to I didn't want to be a I didn't want to be a police officer. I didn't really want to be a lawyer. I wanted to be I wanted to be the the one who kind of investigated the crimes, right? Everybody see these, yeah. sees these TV shows on forensic science, science now. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> I wanted to do that before that was like a thing, and there were no jobs. And so, in the meantime, I was working at um, a big corporate retail organization, doing selling eyeglasses. I worked my way up, became the youngest general manager in the company's history, and I was wow. running a. million location, and I became a licensed optician, and I got really, really good at my job. And that's where I met my now husband, Richard. And he was really the one who introduced me to the go for no mindset. And I just completely fell just in love with the idea that um, you could be more successful in life by learning how to not fear no, because I really... Struggled with that myself. I had all kinds, and I know we'll probably dig into it. I had all kinds of issues. So it's been, uh, I guess, kind of a personal growth journey for me over the last two decades of teaching this. And I'm, I am more passionate teaching it today than I was when we started. And mainly the reason for this is because I learn something new every day. And the more Mm. people I share this with, the more, um, I talk about it. I'm always learning nuances and I'm always learning little tidbits. And with technology yeah. and with social media, you would think, oh, well, maybe that fear goes. Out. No, it doesn't go away. It's it's just you just it it arises in different ways with yeah. the way that technology changes. So it's it's really interesting and I'm super passionate about the work that I get to do.
0: Yeah, I love this. So You've gone from a history of of obviously being in sales, uh, the role that you had as an optician and then, uh, and I'm actually really impressed because I don't know, but in Australia going from selling glasses to becoming a registered optician is actually not an easy feat so this has yeah. required you to go back and study again? It did require a
1: little study. Now, this is not the uh, full-fledged optometrist where ah. you're writing the prescriptions, right? That's that's the little nuance. But you have to be in – in America, you have to be licensed to do what they call dispense the glasses and read the prescription right. and do all of that. And, you know – I guess I am a little bit of a science little nerd uh, and I like some of that stuff so I I think it's probably why even in the work I do now I like reading about psychology mm. and all of that kind kind of stuff. So it was fun in that job and that it did combine sales with the the more science part of prescriptions yeah. and glasses and all and understanding all of that. But then Richard convinced me that we should start our own company together. Mm-hmm. That we would we should become speakers and trainers, and go for no should be one of the things that we teach. And uh, yeah. I was just crazy enough to agree. I said, <laughs> you know what? I believe in this. Let's do it. And we launched that company. And there are so many crazy stories I could tell you about that as well. It's it's a it's a roller coaster being an entrepreneur, no matter what. Business, no matter what you know, what, that. <laughs> yes, no matter what nuance, uh, mm-hmm. there's just always things you don't know and obstacles you run into, and yeah. I like to say that it's kind of like you really get used to. It's like when you're on an airplane, and there's turbulence. And after a while, when there's a little bit of low grade turbulence, you just kind of eventually have to settle in. And you say, you know what, the turbulence isn't going to go away. So I might as well just relax. And that's how it is being an entrepreneur to me. It's like, there's always this low grade turbulence. It's always a little bumpy. It's always a little scary. But you you just lean into it, and you just start to relax. And you start to say, just because there's turbulence doesn't mean that we're not going to keep flying. We just have to get used to it.
0: Absolutely. I, I once had a very wise individual say to me, Sam, you got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because basically, as you said, Andrew, you just kind of have to to accept it and relax into it because it's not going to get me. <laughs> it, will, it, it will get better, but it's not going to change that turbulence. I like that way of explaining it. That turbulence is is always going to be there. So I want to hear a little bit about, and we're going to talk about the book in a minute because um, I'm really excited to hear more about this, but the no is is something that you know, when you've been in not so much direct selling, because I feel like there's probably not as much emphasis on it in direct selling as there is with cold calling, specifically if you've been any in any role ever where you've been required to cold call as part of that role, you you get seasoned for the no, you get taught to handle the no because you've got to have a bit of a thick skin and be a bit resilient in order to to manage those roles. That's why they've got such a high turnover. I'm assuming that there was a time where you had an experience where you went, I like, I the no is so important. Was that? Do you recall a time where you just went, yep, this is it for me. How like, and and you've you've moved on to teaching this and and you know helping others in this space. So it was really the story that
1: my husband Richard told me, which is actually in the book, but it's a story that happened to him. And then I experienced my own epiphany. But the thing that happened to him that kind of was the light bulb moment was he was actually in retail as well. That's his mm-hmm. background, yep. and he was selling suits for a living. And he was fa- he was failing at it. He was doing horribly. He thought that they were going to fire him. Yeah, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to get fired from this job because it meant that he would have to go back to. Hit, Live with his parents and go back and admit that he. There was a lot be, at stake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot at stake. So, this district manager named Harold was coming to visit the store, and Richard thought that he could impress Harold. And as it turns out, on this particular day, this customer walked in that very morning of this special uh, event where this district manager was going to see watch everybody and see how they were performing. And this customer walked in and announced he wanted to to buy an entire wardrobe of clothing Mm -hmm. so richard got to help this man and he he bought a suit and a sport coat and all of the all of these clothes and it came to eleven hundred dollars which in today's money and it doesn't really matter whether we it's talk we're talking australian dollars or american or or british pounds it was a lot it's probably like five like like five thousand back then it was about a thousand but with uh you know with with times how they've changed so he has this enormous back then enormous sale and he sends the customer on his way, and he's thinking that Harold is going to congratulate him. But instead, Harold asks him a really good question. Being a good coach and mentor, Harold asked my husband, out of curiosity, what did that customer say no to? And Richard had to admit that everything that he laid in front of this man, because he was showing him around the store, you know, Everything that he laid in front of this man, the man purchased. So Richard said, Harold, the man didn't say no to anything. Everything I laid in front of him, he said yes to. And then Harold asked him the really good question. He said, then how did you know he was done? And that was the question that Richard had to admit. He said, you know, I guess how I knew he was done was he had hit about $1,000, and that was Richard's mental spending limit and he was the one who really ended the sale. Yeah. And Harold yeah. said, "You know, I I watched you sell and you're you're not bad, but your fear of no is going to kill you. If you could just learn to get over that, I think you could be one of the great ones." And so for my husband, he had this light bulb moment, this total epiphany with that story and he went home the next he went home the next day he came back with a totally different mindset of I just need to be willing to hear no. So, yeah. when he, so Sam, when we worked together, because we met at Lens Crafters, my husband was one of their top trainers, and I was also in the training department, and I was doing a lot of sales training and customer yeah. service training. And he told me that story. And be, just hearing that story was enough for me to also have a, an epiphany because. I actually, I was not failing like him. I I actually was doing very well. I was really, really good at sales. I've always been kind of an, I guess you'd say a natural, but Mm -hmm. then I had to get honest and admit that I didn't like hearing no either, Mm -hmm. that I would try to get the one yes. I would try to get the yes easily. And then I would end the sale. I would, I, I never wanted to look pushy or aggressive. Of course, we don't want to, but you know, I just always played it really safe and I just thought if I too can do what Richard did, if I can hear no more often, then if and if an I can ha- do the courage, if I can have the courage to do that, yes. then the yeses will be more forthcoming and always in the customer's best interest, never just like throwing all yes. kinds of stuff at people. But if I could have the courage to hear no more often, I know I would get better results. And I did at my job. But then even when we launched our business, I had to go out, as you know, and you have to go out and you have to meet people and you have to ask for meetings and appointments. And then you have to ask for the business. And the asking never ends when you're an entrepreneur. So I've learned I've I've seen it both sides. I've seen it in every in every way. And, again, it doesn't matter the, the industry, it doesn't matter the profession. If you have the courage to hear no more often, you will give yourself and put yourself into more opportunities to hear yes.
0: Yeah, I love that. And, look, I, I don't want to take the wind out of your sails because I'm sure that you're going to share so much about this as we chat today. For sure, you know, even in my own experience with, you know, I, I was chatting with you before about, you know, many of our listeners know my very first role, my first job ever uh, was a direct selling role at 14, but I then moved into an em- employed position at 18 at, at where I was doing door-to-door sales. And the interesting thing was that um, I was, at that time, I was their longest standing ever employee. I was there for a whole month because we were literally walking in door to door with a duffel bag on our shoulders and it was our job to sell essentially junk to to anyone that would listen. But what I learned really quickly, and I accidentally learned this, but I'm, I'm so glad because, man, did it set me up for business in later life, was that mm-hmm. Number one, a yes isn't always a yes. It's There are different types of yeses, right? So sometimes we look for the yes um, and we search for, as you just said, the easy yes and it ends up being not a commitment yes. It's almost like a go away yes. And so we're more excited to hear that than we are to hear the no, but the no leads you to the objection which helps you to get a commitment yes down the track. And interestingly enough, I actually found that those difficult customers clients conversations where you had to hear that no that was hard to hear at first ended up being the most rewarding sales when you got them because you knew you really earned them right Mm, absolutely so tell us a little bit about your book because i'm sure our listeners are keen to hear about this what can they expect if they if they go and they grab a copy which i highly recommend that they do and um we're not talking it's not a big thick book like it's 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 an easy read so tell us a little bit about about go for no
1: so Go for No is a fable, and it is about a guy who's an average guy. Um, he sells copiers, copy machines. And this story takes place many years ago. So it's a it's a world that doesn't have cell phones, and it, it's kind of a different world. So well, like it's called a, already, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, but it's really kind of a almost supernatural. It's got a little supernatural twist to it. So one night he goes to bed, and he wakes up in this fabulous house and he's walking he wakes up he's walking around the house he's go he goes down the hall and he's trying to figure out what where am I what house is this and he discovers that he is in a house somehow somehow it is very it is it is you have to suspend your disbelief (laughs) he is he has made it to a house that belongs to a wildly successful version of himself 10 years in the future. So mm-hmm. he has traveled in time 10 years. The, him, the he, he literally meets himself 10 years in the future. And this him, this version, is super successful and ha- owns this fabulous house and has this amazing job and does all these amazing things. And he's trying to figure out, and together, they actually pair up, they actually team up. Together, they're trying to figure out wh- what happened. Wh- why is the kind of average him average, and why is this this super him so great. And it turns out that the secret is is that this wildly successful version of himself learned to go for no, learned to yeah. fail his way to success. And so the, the story is really them kind of working together and exploring these ideas and meeting different people. And then in the very end, of course, it's kind of like, it, it becomes almost like the Wizard of Oz. Like, how is he gonna get home? I mean, he ended up in this future, w- How is he going to get home? And I I won't spoil it, um, but a little bit of a supernatural twist at the end as well in terms of how he eventually gets home. And now, of course, he has the obligation to make sure that this future version of himself lives um, and actually comes to fruition, right? So it's a a fun story because I think we would all love to see – ourselves in the future. And if you think about it from the future to the past, what would you tell yourself now?
0: Sorry, you know, happened. what would
1: you what, what would you tell yourself yeah. your 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 tenure in the past self, um, some advice, some secret to yep. make sure that you got on track and that you were successful. So the fact that it's a story, I think really connects mm. with people emotionally. And it's kind of a it's kind of fun. And it's kind of different. But you also really learn the lessons.
0: I love that. So powerful. And the fact that you've actually pulled this visualization process into the story as well. So looking forward, you know, and thinking about that future. So, you know, what is it that you want to achieve? And yeah, I love that. Switching it around. If you were to put yourself in that position and then turn around and speak to the you of now, what would you be saying? So cool. I love that. And I actually love the little catchphrase here on the book. Uh, Yes is the destination, no is how you get there such a good one. One of my new favorite quotes I've decided. Well, thank you.
1: And that's so important too, Sam, because I think sometimes people hear go for no and they think, well, that sounds crazy. Who wants to go for no? Everybody wants yes. Why would I want to know? Yeah. Why would I want to know? That seems ridiculous. And it's a very fair question. I admit, I mean,
0: I've got this here to ask you. This is my next question. And I've actually put it in capitals. Why is the no so important? Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, it's a perfect
1: segue. Yes, it's a perfect segue, and and that and that really is the thing. It's because it's built on a principle, and there are some principles in life that you learn that are counterintuitive that mm-hmm. that are opposite, the exact opposite of what you might think. Right? It's kind of like when you hear that sometimes, in order to get the attention of a room, if everybody is is being loud and obnoxious, you whisper and you think, well, that doesn't make any sense. How does that work? But sometimes that actually works. Counterintuitive things. Well, this yeah. is one of those things. And, and the counterintuitive advice is if you want more success in your life, you need to be willing to fail. That failure and success mm-hmm. are not opposite sides. Uh, you know, They're not opposites on the spectrum where they're way apart. They're actually very, very close together. They're really opposite sides of the same coin. And if you want more of one, you've got to be willing to accept more of the other. So if you want more yeses in your life and your business, then by extension, you're probably going to hear more no's. Now, Mm. the caveat to that, of course, is that the more you do that, the better you get and the more skilled you get. So eventually, we know that the top salespeople don't hear no as often. And the reason for that is they start to just get so good that they can anticipate and they do understand um, how to say things maybe in a, in a more skilled way. But trying to just say things and do things perfectly and avoid those no's and avoid those failures doesn't allow you to learn and grow. So it's embracing those no's that's so important to yeah. get to the yes. That's why it's such a connection, and and that marketing challenge of well, why go for no? That's crazy. It's it's it is a, a, a negative, but it's also a reality. And I think that we do people a disservice, especially in direct sales. And I'll you I mean tell me if you disagree or agree that. We, we should never pretend that rejection doesn't exist, you know, that it's, oh, it's so easy and you'll be fine. And no one will tell you, no, it's, <laughs> It's actually... (laughs) Whoever tells you that
0: is lying.
1: Is lying. They're (laughs) selling you something. Yeah, Um. because that's just a fact. It would be like telling somebody who wanted to be an actor, oh, you'll be fine. You'll go on an audition and you'll get the role. That's crazy. Nobody would do that. Everybody knows that you have to not go on one audition. You have to go on hundreds, if not thousands of auditions. It's the same principle.
0: Absolutely. So I think right now I kind of want to ease... Uh, people that are listening, we've got a few people that are, I'm sure, right now their heart rate's gone up and their blood pressure has increased, and they they've, you know, got that feeling of, you know, as we all do, that fear of failure, that fear of, I, I don't like the no. What, how do I? And, and we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more about this. Of course, I've got a few more questions for you about the no and, and you know, what that means and what we do with that. But first of all, let's just deal with that whole fear of failure, fear of rejection you're obviously very passionate about this. Can you help us understand maybe a little bit more about what you can do about that intense fear that we have? Because everyone has it. Can I just throw it out there that even those people who are seasoned salespeople still have to deal with it every day. They just deal with it in a slightly different way. But can you speak into that for just a moment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Everybody deals with the fears a, a little bit differently. You know, Some people I think, change their state by playing great music, you know, their favorite favorite songs that get them, you know, excited and thinking positive. And sometimes I think thinking about your wins and the yeses that you've gotten, I think that can be super powerful. There's all kinds of things. But uh, I'm going to Suggest a couple things that seem a little crazy, since a lot of what we suggest is like crazy around here. Okay, okay, (laughs) counter counter counterintuitive strategies here, and that one of the big things is really, especially in the beginning, you've got to really give yourself permission to fail, Mm -hmm. and by that I mean, you know, there's this idea that we want to be perfect, we don't want to mess up, and if I were to say to people listening, and I, le- I love the picture you painted, you know, people are listening to this thinking, oh, gosh, just thinking about this, just yeah. thinking about getting all these no's makes me nervous and my heart rate yeah. goes up. And if I said to anybody listening, hey, what I need you to do is pick up your phone, call somebody who's on your prospect list right now and you need to get a yes, and we're all going to sit here and we're all going to watch and you have to get a yes, you yeah. have to, have to, have to. The pressure to th- to do that and to perform yeah. would be enormous. Mm. Now, if I said, hey, I just want you to call your prospect, and I, you just need to get a no, just get a, just get a no from them. The pressure is completely different. It hopefully should be completely removed. Mm-hmm. And the uh, whole idea really behind that is, a simple shift in the way that you look at it, it in both situations, you should do your best in that making that call. You should make your best presentation, be energetic, have a smile on your face, you know, all of those things. But it's how you kind of detach from that outcome and look yeah. at it right in such a way that you're going to focus on doing what you can control and focusing on your own behavior. And you know what, if it's not perfect, if you if you I can't tell you, Sam, how many times I have fallen on my face and sounded ridiculous on the phone with people and I'm sure you have too.
0: Oh, yeah. And, In the last few days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You, me, too. It yeah. doesn't end because we're always learning and we're always trying to get better. And sometimes you just sometimes you're just not on your game. Yeah, but we don't let that we can't let that stop us. No. And so that's really, I think, embracing that willingness to fail and saying, I'm going to do this even if it's not perfect. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I do um, that I've started this year is something that we call the Go For No 21 Day Challenge. And I have these small groups. And we get together, we, we have an introductory call, and then we meet every week on Zoom. And mm-hmm. I kind of coach them through their week and listening to people. And it's it's what I see. Probably the biggest thing I see is that Everyone, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you have your own business, and it's so admirable, the expectations are super high. It's Mm -hmm. like, we want to be great. We want to do phenomenal. We want to reach the top rank, you know, in the fastest of the company's history. And you have all these expectations. And then reality sets in and you've got children and parents and life and (laughs) everything that happens and when your expectations and, and struggles and obstacles and end the nose mm-hmm. and when that when that happens i think it's very deflating for people mm-hmm. and they they want things to just go so perfectly and i'm probably the biggest thing i'm coaching people on right now today is hey you've got to just embrace not being perfect during this thing, and that goes for those individual calls as well. And having that willingness to fail yeah. is so huge. Yeah,
0: I love that. There's a couple of things that you've said in there, and and one of them I think you you said in a different way, but i'm I'm going to uh, rephrase it is that because I think in our heads, we assume that the no, and this is where we get deflated, I know because I've been there, is that we feel like the no, you're moving further away rather than the no actually moving you closer to the yes. And I think that's a, a, a real misconception that so many of us have because we feel like, ugh, I've just failed. Like you, um, you know, put it, we're so focused on being perfect. So we get that no because we've got such a high expectation of ourselves. We don't see what that is, which, you know, over the years I learned that the the more no's you get, the closer you are to the yes. So you've got to embrace the no to get closer to the next yes, because no one—I don't care how good a salesperson they are—no one gets a hundred percent of yeses, right? So I used to, I used to actually keep a tally, and I did this. This wasn't through training. I did so. You know, we must have just been, you know, you and I, Andrea, through across the waters. You know, as I was growing up and, and learning this whole sales gig many years ago, I think we must have just been doing a bit of telepathic communicating because I used to keep a little tally of my nose because it was, it made it easier for me to process them because I then saw them as a move closer to the yes, rather than further away from, um, which is That is important. so,
1: yes. And that is so genius on so many levels. And there's no doubt that there was some tough te- uh, telepathy going across the oceans um, from <laughs> we were the meant U.S. made
0: at some point, right? It's like-
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, and and you're a true go for no woman, which I love. And here's what's really great about that is that having that in front of mind and almost gamifying it. You know, these days, if you can make something kind of a game, if you can mm-hmm. add some fun into it, and I always say, you know, there's there's not too many businesses around anymore that are really, truly fun. And when you look at direct sales, especially, these are fun businesses. The products are all pretty fun. I mean, they're either healthy and, and you need them, or it's something fun like skincare or makeup or what have you, clothing, you name it but they're fun social businesses so they shouldn't be this kind of like downer depressing mm-hmm. if you can gamify like as you were doing which is focus on counting up your nose seeing how many you can get and also using those to kind of force yourself to say okay i'm still i'm getting this no at this point kind of over and over again mm-hmm. i'm going to Talk to my sponsor. I'm going to talk to my upline and say, Hey, is there something else I could be changing here? But typically, what happens is so, really, you should learn from your no's, but you can't take one no and and make a determination that, oh, you're not doing it right. So I think that can be. I've done something wrong. Yeah. Right. And it's really dangerous to do. It's like saying, um, you know, it's like anything. One is not one or two. times doesn't give you enough information so you can't say oh well i i did call this person and they said no so obviously that strategy doesn't work well that's obviously not true we've got to do a lot more testing and a lot get a lot more data under your belt Mm -hmm. in order to determine what works and what doesn't so that's that's part of to your to your idea of of Calculating all those when you do that, it gives you the chance to learn.
0: Absolutely. And it's no not a suggestion in any way, of course, to to like you said, Andrea, and that's a really important point. Don't say, well, I don't, I just keep getting no's, I'm not gonna learn from them. But if you're not gonna learn if you don't get them either. And uh and I think there's also this misconception that if you get a no from one person, you've burned that person forever. No, I used to also say to myself, no doesn't mean no, it means no, not now. And it it doesn't mean that it's a no forever. I mean, some of my best clients over the years who have become some of my best connections and closest friends are people who I consistently not hounded and pushed, and that's a really important point, but I consistently checked back in with because I sat there and went, you know what, like the no is closer to a yes. It's better that I get a no than I never find out at all. So reaching back in and, and connecting with them again. And I just want to come back to something you said before, and you sort of talking about going for that no. So, you know, going in with the expectation of a no. I just want to clarify, I think we all know you don't mean to go in with the intention to burn it, right? So Absolutely. how are we going into this conversation? So I like to say that you can go
1: for a no with yes energy. So be positive. Like that? Uh, right? Um and I think sometimes there's a tendency to say, okay, so you you want me to just get a bunch of no's, a bunch of no's. Well, that would be crazy if yes wasn't the destination <laughs> uh, because we would just have you do a lot of work for no payoff. So have that yes energy. Do your absolute best. The key though is don't wait until you think you're going to be perfect, but do your best. Be mm-hmm. positive. You can um, there's a big difference between expecting a no, so going and expecting, uh, and also and yeah, I'm accepting, glad you said that. Mm-hmm. right? A- expecting versus accepting. So yeah. we accept that uh, statistically, a fairly significant portion of people, especially when we first suggest a new product to them are going to have a knee-jerk reaction of, oh, no, I don't I don't want that. I don't mm-hmm. need that. Absolutely. Because they're protecting themselves. They don't want to make a bad decision. They don't want to make a wrong yeah. decision. And it's really easy just to put up that wall very quickly and say, I don't want it. And if we accepted that, well, no one would ever sell anything. So we have to give people the right and respect and really receive that no with grace and, yeah. um, and positivity. Mm-hmm. But then... Once we accept it, it's, okay, so what's my next move? How do I build to your point when you said, yeah, I I just kept building the relationship. I took the no and I just said, okay, I'm just going to keep offering value. I'm going to keep showing up. And a big part of that, Sam, builds trust. When you keep showing up, people people go, oh, I see. So she wasn't just here to kind of get that quick, easy yes. Mm. She's going to keep showing up, offering value. Um, I can trust this person. So it is really important that you understand and have the mindset of just because you get that initial no from somebody that Mm you burned them or or that it's going to be a no, a no forever. It's okay. Just build upon it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's really powerful too is, you know, you're quite right. You've We've all had those and we'll use the direct selling industry as an example here because I think we've all had this happen where you've had the person that's clearly just looking for the quick, easy yes. They're banging through their list. They're ringing everyone. If you say no, they move to the next person it's when you come back that that person feels like they matter. Because when you move on, what you're telling them is, you don't matter to me when you say, no, you only matter to me when you say yes, because you benefit me. But when you believe in the product enough and you believe in the value of that product for that person, it's not about hounding and hustling again. It's just about that, that constant connection and We see, you know, people that are really successful in this industry doing this so well when they make it about that value. Use the word value there and I want to just pinpoint it for a second. I want everyone to have heard that because when you're checking in with people that provide more value, then you're making the person more important than the yes And I I love that. So powerful. So just a little reminder, because what I can sort of hear is a few people going, oh, so it's okay for me to hound and hassle. No, no, (laughs) that's not what we're saying. But what we're saying is that that checking back in and being prepared for the fact that that person may very well say no to the product or the purchase or the opportunity again is okay, but continuing to build that relationship by providing value is where you're eventually going to get to the yes destination. Would that that be a fair summary there, Andrea? Perfect summary.
1: And I one of the strategies I always love is just to check back in and say, "Hey, how are things going? What's changed? Yeah. What's new?" And learning then and, and you know, sometimes I mean if you if you have a lot of people that you are working with, it's hard to remember. So at some point you need to take notes and you need yeah. to have have a system and and yeah. because this might just feel like just one customer, but this could be one of your best customers ever and they could lead you to other customers. So yeah. really think about cultivating that person and getting to know them and see what's changed. And if they say nothing, everything's the same and yeah, still not interested, you can say, great, well, I was just thinking about you because you know, we've got mm-hmm. this sale or we've got this special or we, we came yeah. up with this new product and um, and that's okay. And then you can just try back again in, in three or four months.
0: Yeah, I love that. So good. So can you, just as we, you know, we want to move into those fun questions, which our listeners love to hear, I guess, answering, but I I want to just ask you as we wrap up, you know, what would be your three key tips for people listening right now going, okay, well... I, I sort of understand, I get it, I get the concept, but what do I do next? Can you give maybe your top three tips right now uh, for people that want to action some of what they've heard you say today, Andrea? Aside from yes. by the book, that would be number one from me.
1: Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so, um, yeah, three tips. So first, I would say just create a no awareness. So really give yourself a couple weeks to analyze. Are you? How many no's are you getting? Are you getting any where are you in relationship to your relationship with yep. the word no do you have a good one is it is it one of fear is it one, one of yeah. you love it you know so kind of assess and then the second tip i would say is do exactly what sam suggested which is start tracking your nos writing them down marking them down when you get them and the third thing which you could actually kind of switch to two and three they're they're kind of almost reversible is set a goal for the number of no's you're going to hear. So try. um, And this is part of what we do at our go for no in our go for no challenge. I every day I have people set um, every day that they're going to actually physically, you know, be working, set a no goal. So it might be three, it might be five, some people 10, see how many no's you can get challenge yourself. And that's really a fun way to put it into action. So those are kind of the three tips is have that no awareness, set that goal, and then track and, and really see how many no's you are getting.
0: Yeah, I love that so good. I've just written that down. And I would encourage people to take it, that little extra step further as well. And, you know, when I like how you said before, gamify it, which is exactly what I used to do, but I do it in various different ways. And one of the ways uh, we used to do, and I actually did this when I was managing a team of people, because again, that no can be really, you know, it, it can really drag people down. And so if you if people are focused on that being a failure, that's where it all kind of goes downhill. So what uh, we used to do was we had a waste paper basket in the middle of the room and every time someone got a no, they would uh, throw a ball of paper into the basket and get it in the basket knowing that the more we got, the fuller the basket became and the closer we were to – so you were filling something up versus emptying it out. So you, you could see you were gaining something and making progress rather than, you know, moving further away from. And, uh, and that was, you know, even just fun little things like that. You know, again, I used to just use a piece of paper and a pen and just jot down it was about if I make 10 calls, I know for every eight no's I get, I'm going to get two yeses. So I'd just tick them off and go, oh, I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer, and it was an averaging out. But yeah. make it fun. I love that idea of gamifying it. Change the expectation. Yes, so good. So, look, um, let's move into our fun questions. I think this is so powerful and I'm hoping that some of our listeners right now, are, I know I'm feeling, you know, with everything, it's a, it's not just for this. You've mentioned, you know, actors doing uh, and not interviews. Auditions. Uh, auditions. Thank you. And I think it goes for everything. You know, it's a you want a house, you're going to have to potentially get some nose. If you want to get a loan, you might have to get some nose. I've heard some incredible stories of success and I think Walt Disney is a good example of this, right? The story of how many banks he went to and I can't remember how many it was but no one would fund this vision he had. And That's if he'd right. stopped at the first ten, I think it was it was like fifty or so no's mm-hmm. he got before a little tiny weenie lender offered uh, to back his vision. But the thing was, he could have stopped at ten. He could have stopped at two. Most what what's the how many no's does it take for the average person to stop? Is that a, it, it'd have to be what two or three before they go? Oh, I've had enough today. I'm not going to try anymore. So, yeah, just an encouragement there, some of the most successful, most amazing stories of incredible people out there. Um, and you think how would life be different for all of us if they hadn't persisted past those no's? So, yeah, just really encourage each and every one of you guys to, um, to absolutely, first of all, grab this book. Um, it's uh, you, They can get this off Amazon, right?
1: Yes, yes, finally, on Amazon <laughs> in Australia
0: so, <laughs> and New Zealand. Um, Jump onto Amazon if you're in Australia. If they're not in Australia, do they go to your website? Uh,
1: and Amazon US or Canada, uh, really, it's in, uh, I think it's in literally every Amazon store that there is.
0: Love it. And you've also got a website they can go to and you, you said there's a few different things on there that they can get access to um, as well as I think you said there's an assessment there that people can do.
1: Yes, we have a free no quotient assessment, which is kind of cool. So you can find out where your mindset is around failure, rejection and hearing the word no. Ooh. And this is a this is a it's a very tricky assessment, but it's kind of fun. The questions are very, uh, they're not easy but the but once you do once you take the quiz you will you will really get some good feedback about where your mind how your mindset needs to shift.
0: I love this. I'm going to go in there and do this as soon as we're done. I'm really curious. So we'll pop the website into our show notes so everyone can jump in. They can check out that assessment and you've got a blog there as well that people can be reading.
1: Yep, on goforno.com we've got a blog and uh, and you can peruse the shop. Um, but it's you know. I just really encourage people to study. You know, study this mindset. It's yeah. um, it sounds simple, and it really is simple. I mean, it's it's not difficult it's just really dealing with that, those fear feelings that we talked about.
0: Of course. And the other thing I love as well is that you also keynote speak on this topic as well. So if anyone is wanting to share something more of this with their team or their companies, this is, you know, of course, a great opportunity to look at, you know, having a chat with you, Andrea, and getting you along to to further elaborate on all of this, which is super powerful as well. Thank you. Yes. Yes, I do. I like
1: you can't shut me up about this topic.
0: (laughs) I like that. It's passion. So on that, let's just really quickly ask our four fun questions. These are probably my favorite questions to ask. So let's dive in. I want to know what's your favorite book to add to our accelerator book list.
1: My favorite book, and I think this goes hand in hand with Go For No, is called The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And one of them is about not taking things personally. So if you Ooh. struggle if, with taking no personally, this is the book for you. It really helped me. And I, I read it years after I started training Go For No. And yeah. I it was kind of the missing link for me.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. It's such a good point, too. Um, I think part of the reason people are so against that no is because they feel like people are saying no to them. It's a personal thing. So that's powerful. All right. So the four agreements. Now, if you could have a superpower, Andrea, any superpower, what would it be and why?
1: This was so hard because (laughs) I I would love so many superpowers i would love to do mind reading and invisibility Oh, that would be an awfully horrible one i feel <laughs> oh i know wouldn't it but then i chose flying because i don't know i just flying would be yep. so cool so you flying know, it is COVID,
0: that's been the most commonly uh, uh common answer for that question <laughs>
1: <gasps> oh my um, gosh yeah, yeah people are just dying to get places free yes <laughs>
0: yeah, i think it's that sense of freedom right right um your favorite quote
1: okay my favorite quote and i have so many this is so ridiculous but know, this, this is, is always
0: one a hard one mm. so
1: hard this is one of my latest favorites um and this really goes to the fear feelings fear of trying causes paralysis trying causes only trembling and sweating. I love that. You really have to think about it. Fear of trying causes paralysis. Tr- yep. ac- tr- actually trying causes only trembling and sweating. This Mason Cooley, and yeah, so and I, and, and I love that because it's really yep. what it says is it's like the the fear and the actual doing it are so close together. Mm, you know, that, that, that the actual physical fear feelings are so close, then you might as well just try it instead of fear, fearing trying it.
0: Yeah, right. And how often do you do it and then go, oh, that wasn't so bad or I'm so glad I did that, I got a yes or I learned yes. something or I gained something. And just to throw it out there, it's everyone experiences it, it's just what you do with it. The amount of times that, you know, I'll, I'll have picked the phone up and spoken to someone and, and I've been thinking about it for a couple of years as speaking to this individual. And then I go, man, I could have done that two years ago. And I, you know, imagine where I'd be now if I'd done it, if I'd done it then. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. powerful. But look, I love this. This has been such an amazing, amazing chat, really enlightening. And I know that so many of our listeners right now are going, do you know what? That's exactly exactly what I needed to hear today. So thank you so much, Andrea. Really appreciate you taking up the time to speak with us on the podcast. And I really encourage all our listeners go out and grab a copy of that book, grab a couple. Um, like I said, they're, they're little, I love the fact that it's a story. So it's, you know, it's not like any old um, PD book where you're, uh, you know, you got to kind of slog through it. Like you, it's like reading a story here, guys. So pick up a couple of copies, gift another one to somebody And um, yeah, thank you again so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you.
1: Oh, my pleasure too. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Awesome. So thanks everybody as well for tuning in. Great to have you listening again today. And we look forward to seeing you on the podcast again next week. Bye for now, everybody. If you love this video and you would love more help to improve your direct selling business on social media, then click on the link to join our Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you in there.